Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with Lance, easy and, and enjoyable psycho, and I have to stop the show right there. Wow! Prove it. Prove it. One of my <laughs> students sent me an email, and it was awesome. So if, you ha- if you're thinking about teaching and you're an arch- practicing architect, I highly recommend you do it at least once in your life because it is one of the most re- – if you crush, it is one of the most enjoyable experiences ever. I sent each of my f- – the 15 of my senior students up at North Dakota State, a uh, book, and it's called uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's what our firm read last year. Correct. And uh, he, uh, he wrote back today and he says, Lance, I am writing to you as a thanks. Thank you for the book you sent to North Dakota. I'm very excited to read this book because it seems I can learn a lot from it. It was very generous act of you and is very appreciated. But mainly, thank you for the semester. One could label this email as me being a suck-up or a brown nose to you, mm-hmm. but... I view it as giving credit where credit is due. In my four years at NDSU and having many professors along the way without question, you have been the most impactful. I feel this is important to tell you so you know what you are doing. I feel it is correct and helpful. You have been by far the easiest and most enjoyable to work with while also pushing me in a direction about being controlling or bossy about it. Uh, I have learned things and looked at problems in a different way. Moreover, the time we had in Colorado was fun. With you being a tour guide and showing us your life, how you operate, introducing us to friends and colleagues. Overall, thank you for my most enjoyable semester in school and being an excellent instructor on the way. Your tone, demeanor, communication, and jokes all make the year better. I feel like it was a semester of growing rather than working. Again, I hope this email does not come off as me trying to suck up to you, but gratefulness and acknowledging your performance. Thank you once again. It will be a semester I will soon not forget. That's why. That's good. I love all that. It's definitely worth it. Um, all that makes sense. Uh, and then also it's not sucking up. Like, it's not like you're going to have the, the he, just so everybody knows. I, I finalized grades three days before he even sent that. Yeah. Yep. I wrapped up. I haven't wrapped up grades, but I wrapped up our last class. Multiple students came up and, and thanked me. It was awesome. Um, you reading that whole thing though, or like, I feel like a married couple because you know, married couples will do this. You'll be out at a party. And someone will be like, oh, yeah, your husband's so nice. It's like, yeah, give it 12 years. <laughs> then see what you think. So that was going to be my joke back to you. Yeah, give it 12 years. Then we'll see how easy and enjoyable. <laughs> but what a great, great <laughs> letter. Yeah. There you go. That's why. <laughs> That's new pronouns for the week. Easy right. and enjoyable. You got it. Use them. Please email Lance at lmc at f9productions.com. Yeah, give him some new... Hey, maybe that's the challenge for next uh, next uh, ep- next season of Inside the Firm. If you email me and give me some pronouns, I will. they will be on next week's episode. Wow. You can just continue to do this. Yeah, unless they're like, you know, the blatant... Bad ones? words. Yeah, yeah. But, but if they're subtle and easy and enjoyable... And hilarious. Yes. There you go. They're in. <laughs> they're in. Uh, as we wrap up this year and look into next year... There's, it's always a great time to reassess what you're doing, reevaluate what you're doing, 
and see if you need to change course or not to change course. Often we do this when we're designing architecture. I have Lance looks at my designs, I look at Lance's designs, and we adjust, we refine, we make the, we make the work better. You can do the same for your firm by joining, uh, by going to architects, uh, by going to buildabetterco.com, buildabetterco.com, where a group of architects get together. We go through a course that I've made up through Lance's eyes experience over 12 years about how to grow your profit, make your firm run smoother and get better clients. The same level of dedication and care you take to your buildings, you should take to building your structure of your business. Buildabetterco.com. Go check it out. I also want you to go check out artcat.com. Why? Because if you can't find the product data you're looking for, it might be because you're using the wrong search engine. Broad searches result in consumer products, out-of-date information, and websites that hide or don't have the information you're looking for. If you need specifications, CAD or BIM, Arcat.com is your search engine. Find and download the up-to-date data you need fast. Arcat.com is free and requires no registration. So try Arcat.com today. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Last and certainly not least, Duratherm defines the category of all wood, custom, completely custom hardwood windows and doors that deliver on your architect vision, and everyone knows it. That's why they refuse to rest in the laurels and wild Duratherm brand is built upon their expertise in wood windows. They are proud to announce the introduction of a clad exterior feature for their windows. Learn more at DuratherMWindow.com. Al Gore, how much of business is all about experimentation? Oh, I, I think it is. I think it's about... Like what percentage? Mm, know what? Well, 10, 10 to 15 percent. Yeah. Because I think you set up systems uh -huh. and then you shouldn't be afraid to then test the systems. Yeah. But if you don't set up a system, you don't know what your standard is. So that's the difference. Like if you're just experimenting and you don't have a base of which to judge it against, like, are you progressing? You don't even know. Trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think. You have my brain spinning, like thinking, what is the, if we were scientists, pretend like we're scientists, scientists. right? Scientists. And we're using the scientific method. Yeah, right? exactly. What is it like, what you're getting at is like there's a constant or something in the formula yep. that helps you test the variables yep. for it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, I think it's, I'll make it a, an analogy back to the teaching part. So if you do end up deciding, hey, I'm going to, I want to make an impact in the world. I'm going to teach at least one course in my life. Maybe I do more, whatever, is uh, <clears throat> the first time you teach, you get 50% of it right. The rest of the 50% is an experiment. Second time you teach, about 75% right, 25% experiment. Third time, you should get to about 90 to 95. And that's about as far as you can get with the mainstays, the, the fixed parts of the equation, and then the last 5 to 10% are the air experimentation. Uh, so I just want to give you some examples. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can write some down too if you have any. And, and, and the word that I was searching for in my head, I think you were too. You In the you experiments, you have a control. Yes! Have That's what a scientist, Al scientist score. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, some examples that we have experienced recently is we let some of our senior, senior staff members go without final red lines for a few years. We were, we, were, we were looking over the work throughout the whole project, but then for that last one, it was like, well, they're licensed architects. They should know what they're doing. They hopefully have, you know, 
printed off a PDF, went to left work for the day, woke up the next day, fresh, focused, looked over their work. Maybe they caught a few extra errors and all of that. That's one example. Uh, I think another one is we've let we let senior staff lead entry level staff or or teach them yep. versus junior staff, and then we've also let senior staff try to sell. And some of the lessons I think that like I'll speak on just one of them, and then Al, I would love for Al to give his input. Is letting letting the senior staff uh, lead and train entry level staff. I think in hindsight was a mistake. I think you're the if you can make it if you make it possible such that the top of the cake CEOs principals owners touches the bottom of the cake and talks to the bottom of the cake and the bottom of the cake is entry level. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That way the through line through the cake like the standard the control yep the is culture consistent. Agree. Right? And then I think what for us in any way now it is is Senior staff, you can you can lead and manage junior staff. That has been led and managed by me and Al first for a year. Yep. Another thing, and and it's okay to switch because you're experimenting and you're learning things, and different strategies are appropriate at different times of your firm's life. So, uh, you can tell me if you agree with this or not, but this is the way we progressed. In the beginning, it was low salary, high bonuses. Mm-hmm. Now it is high salary, still great bonuses, but <clears throat> the, the salary is more meat and potatoes than it was before. What it allows in the beginning when you do the low salary and then the, the higher bonuses is that you can build up that cash reserve. Yeah. It's very hard to build up that cash it, reserve. It is. I, like, it's hard to stress how hard it is to build it up. And then you start to, and then I want to emphasize everybody too, like, I'm not... You can start to you I many people then start to take that for granted. Like, oh, I look at all my cash I got in the bank yep. for my company. It's like dude, that took a long time to build that up. Yep, yep. Um, and then and then now now we are eight people um, plus you know auxiliary staff that helps out. Uh, it's established firm. It's over ten years old. Now now it's not a, as much low salaries and then high, high bonuses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and know what. Here, I'll even get more nuanced. It w- it's more on the principal level because sometimes you just got to pay people what you do to, to get them in. But on the principles, if you can afford that to bolster up your cash reserves, then you're not behind the eight ball. Then you aren't feeling as panicked as much. Then you yeah. aren't making as many dumb moves. So like, that's part of the sacrifice of starting a firm yeah. is like, and, and, and you should know that like, okay, I'm going to get out of the rat race. I'm going to start my own firm. Well, you just entered a new rat race that you didn't even know. <laughs> about and then two that's a great strategy to make your life smoother in the future 100 percent, yeah so just remember that analogy because i think that's the important part of what i was saying is the five to ten five to ten percent of the time you really got to make sure you're experimenting like run tests no one okay i'm glad you brought up this topic <clears throat> because it relates to Elon Musk, and I'll relate it back to what you said, okay. right? So Elon Musk, when you're making rocket ships, making cars, making whatever he's doing, um, he wants to eliminate so many parts to make it simpler, to make it smoother, to, you know. Better systems. Better systems yep. that if you don't have to add some back in, you didn't eliminate enough. That's what he tells his staff. So, like, cut, 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 cut. 
And if you don't have to, if at the end of the year you never added back in a thing that you cut, then you didn't try hard enough. Perfect, which is exactly what happened with the red line, right? We let we allowed it to go too far for a few years, yep. and then to close the feedback loop, not only were we getting certain calls from contractors, co- contractor Lance was out in the field, yep, noticing the parts that were missing. Easy and enjoyable. E- yeah, very easy and enjoyable. <laughs> Joyful guy. <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. <laughs> it's oh not you. <laughs> but but the analogy still holds is that if you aren't experimenting enough yes. that you don't revert back sometimes, then you haven't experimented enough. It's the practice of architecture. Yep. Right? Yep. And just like design options. Everyone has done this. You have a base design. I'm going to try this and this. Yeah, nope. base design. Nope, this one was better. Everyone has done that. Yeah. Same thing with business. Yeah. Uh, the other, so I've been explaining, I've been trying to explain. So this this last year, I, I did the most, I gave the most, not conducted, but gave the most podcast interviews I've ever done in my life. I, I just did one today. Mm-hmm. I've probably done, I think I've done like two dozen. So that's two a month. That's actually, that's a lot. And... It was really, it was a really interesting experience because uh, and I'm gonna continue to do it next year because eventually it's gonna formulate into like I wanna, I wanna write a book, and maybe do a, a personal and professional improvement course for people. Um, but one thing that I've been trying to explain and that came out, it's the same thing, Al. Uh, that came out of me doing all these interviews was <clears throat> some of it, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I talk about on these interviews, like some of it's very personal, some of it has to do with like my faith, some of it has to do with business like the whole thing you get the whole thing and uh <clears throat> a theme that kept coming out was like i would explain to people the the value of seeing like being excited about when negative things happen because then a positive things happen so i just interviewed this gal like earlier this week and i was explaining that to her and she goes oh you mean the law of polarity oh okay i was like oh my gosh like yeah. thank you Thank you for framing it for me. Like, perfect. That's what I needed. I needed to just get, like, to that point, right? Yeah. So, uh, people know what this is, but whatever. But I'm still going to read it to you. The law of polarity is the principle that everything has two poles, good and evil, love and hate, attraction and disconnection. Think of the north pole and the south poles on the globe, or a battery with its negative and positive terminals. Everything in the universe. Magnet. Has an opposite, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, protons, electrons, all that good stuff. So uh, I think this will probably. I think this is the last uh, Friday show for Inside the Firm because we're taking the next two weeks off, taking some, you know, getting that recharge on. Uh, and so I just want to leave everybody with that something to think about, right? Is like the economy is tricky right now. We don't know what the Fed is going to do, if they're going to loosen it up, we're going to get better and everything. But like for next year, if that could be, if if anybody is brave enough and like w- and is looking for something to just kind of be their North Star next year, I'm telling you the law of polarity is like it for me lately. It is when negative stuff happens, you better start getting excited because that opposite positivity is coming. And so no matter what kind of like, so think about this last year, right? Like what could you write down as a business owner listening to this show? List out all the negatives, right? 
then list the positives for that. Like, what if that happens to you in 2024? Because it has to. It's physics. Yep. So since you brought it up, I'm going to give uh, my interpretation um, and then based on some videos. So the Fed had their meeting. They held it straight. Okay. Um, there's The next meeting isn't until is January. Basically, no one says between now and January, there's a 5% chance that they're going to lower rates in January. So it's not going to happen. And then February gets skipped and then it's marched and it goes to about a 25% chance, right? So probably won't happen. And the, re the reason why I also don't think it was happen is because Fed got hit in the face from all the bankers and the public by, say, by them putting their foot in their mouth and saying, oh, inflation is transitory. This isn't a big deal. Transitory. <laughs> so if they let off in the season when housing starts in the spring, housing prices are going to shoot through the roof and like inflation will go back up and they'll be blamed again for making another mistake. Oh goodness! So they're going to make the safe bet, which is going to hold rates steady until a something breaks or B probably June, probably June. But what that means to you so and you think, okay, so for quarter one, quarter two, they don't, they just hold it and maybe hold, yeah. hold, but that goes to Lance's like stoic mindset. Okay. That's actually may, okay. Half a year, six months from now, and it might be tight for six months, but just, it's better to know that and expect that yeah. and to get on the ball of marketing and all this yeah. other stuff than, than to just like think. Oh, it's never going to end. It's all random stuff like that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying what I'm, I'm not actually making an allegorical prediction here. Yeah. I'm just saying logically, this is, this is probably where I see things going. And then once they do, I think Lance is right that the psychological money open machine will turn. Uh, there should be some smart developers that see that it's still holding right now and they've held a couple of times. So they aren't going to raise it. So they should they should be pulling the trigger because everything takes so long to get through these days. Yep. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to be a bad, but that's if they do not lower until summer, I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah. Uh, last topic of the day before we get into ARE Jeopardy, we are doing ARE Jeopardy today, is I've got an article, and we are going to get through it, Al, because your okay. middle name is Patience. We're going to yes. get through the whole thing. Okay. It's not that long. Okay. Okay. The title is, and this is from Popular, popular Culture, it's uh, TomKlingenstein.com. It's from... Uh, oh, it is. Okay, yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yep. By Tom Klingenstein. Uh, December 5th, 2023. The title is, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. Recovering Anti-Woke Architecture. So it's got a photo of this uh, this building up here. It looks like it's the Calhouns to school. Yep. Maybe don't you, know it. Nope. I don't know who did it. Um, and so... The article starts, Classica, classical architecture, the founder's preference of for the nation's capital, is the physical manifestation of the American form of government, its Western roots, in its political aspirations. It embodies good order, benevolent hierarchy, and reason. Classical architecture reflects permanent principles, reinforcing the natural law grounding of the American founding. As classical architecture is a physical expression of the American regime, modern architecture is the physical expression of the woke regime. Al is now, if you're watching on YouTube, pointing to Lance's and Alex Gresh's award-winning house. Modern architecture. Modern architecture. Woke. That 
<laughs> It'd be funny if our I'm gonna client, take that who is uh, same political leanings as me, who we did that house for, which is not woke, is listening to the show. <laughs> I don't know when the paper just said it. So, okay. uh, Representative. Okay. Uh, yeah. So modern architecture is that this is, again, according to this uh, author, this writer, modern architecture is the physical expression of the woke regime. Repres- representative of woke architecture is New York's Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Which is plopped atop the rat maze or hellhole known as Penn Station. The structure replaced the original Penn Station, a glorious tribute to the past, which was torn down in an act of cultural revenge or at least malign indifference. So I think they're using woke because it is such a uh, cultural term right now. Yeah. Like postmodern. Like because woke wasn't even a thing back when they did this Penn Station. If, if, if you, Lance is probably bringing up old Penn Station. Yeah, yeah, I'm do, I am doing it right now. Keep um, going, though. That's a oh, actually, not all, like the new one. Actually, you have to type Madison Square Garden, Lance. Well, hang on, hang oh, on. Oh, I, I get what I you're do, going I do, with I, your logic. Yeah, yeah, you go, so. So, anyways. Where I'm going but, with the logic, just so everybody knows, on, if you, went, if you went to YouTube and you just, even if, or if you Googled, stop, pull your, pull your car over, and oh. you looked up old Penn Station, old Penn Station is a masterpiece of classical architecture, like, it's amazing it got built even in at that time, in my opinion. Yep, and 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 postmodern was the baby to what wokeness grew up into as a as a teenager. Just took a little bit longer, so like it, it does make sense um, why I, they're using it. Well, yeah, I would just say like postmodernism is the root because basically it, it, one of the things it's talking about is like decomposing of rules, decomposing of order, decomp like. What does that lead to? Like decomposing of society. Like what is, ha- and that's what the woke mind virus is, is actually doing because it tells you. It your, d- your reality is reality instead of there being objective reality. Yep. And, and there's so many like weird things. I've even seen like a time. Uh, um, let's just put it this way. 1984 talk. There was a times article. This was back, you know, like Serbia. Um, even back then it was, you know, us bombs and, and, it wasn't this country, but we're just going to use it as an example. Serbia as a way forward to peace. It's like. Like the uh, double speak is what you're Double speak. Yeah. It's like, okay, those. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Unlike the original Penn Station, MS, uh, Madison Square Garden and the train station below make no reference to the past and no acknowledgement of its neighbors. Or if there is acknowledgement, it is in the form of a middle finger. <laughs> Madison Square Garden sits alone, self-absorbed and uninterested, uninterested in the life that goes on around it. The building has no observable entrance. But the one thing that is clear is that if you were somehow to find your way inside, there would be no escape. Madison Square Garden is as welcoming as a jail. It is no wonder that it attracts crime, homeless, and the litter. i got to look up this. So yep, yep, pull it up. Madison Square Garden. Lance is Googling right now. Is it that bad? And then uh, go. I think they glassed it up. Oh, did they? Uh, um, but like, oh, because maybe it was that. No, go to your. Click on the one on the left. This uh, uh one th- over. Yep, just click on a, enhance. Thank uh, you for doing that now. <laughs> yeah. So look, like there's this weird box, and and okay, you just did an urban design studio I engaging did. in the street. Is this engaging to the street no. at all? No, whatsoever. And then Lance, if it's, you look behind the glass I, box, I will give him that. It's imposing. Take off the glass box. Do you just see that shitty yellow? Yeah. Um, and all that, like that's what it was—just a circle, shit yellow. Okay, back to the article. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Uh, yeah, you engage. Jeez, like Jane Jacobs, 
gosh, I wish everybody would read that book. Uh, the Life and Death of Great American Cities. So good. I made my students. I made my senior students read it. You, you heard the gushing review. Anybody who does any kind of urban design should read it. You got you to gotta address that street. Uh, the only... <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, MSG. Uh, Madison Square Garden makes not the slightest pretense to style or grandeur. And indeed, these things strike it as preposterous. There's no melody and nothing to lift the human spirit. It has no ambition and not the least confidence in itself. In fact... Like wokeism generally, it is a uh, pain to s the self-loathing. For modernists, there is nothing inherently good or even noteworthy about classical architecture. It is simply the architecture of a particular time, no better or worse. And yet, in the same woke breath, the modernists believe it is actually much worse because it recalls the period of our founding, which, they say, was conceived in white supremacy and slavery and committed to their preservation. So you see, wokeism is both relative and absolute. Whatever is needed to serve the power and grabbing purposes of the woke left. In, in some important respects, architecture is different from other art forms. For one, you cannot get away from it. That This is unlike modern painting and most modern sculpture that will leave you alone if you do not frequent the museums which such art are displayed. Al loves museums. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I've been on this. I've been on that modern art is a psyop, and now it's woke it, lefted yep. nonsense. Architecture. I've been, that is a psyop. Yeah. And it's like a uh, unescapable psyop, according to this guy. Uh, by the way, that usually are as dismal as we sit in a super modern building. We addressed the street. We did it. We actually, this is a beautiful development. Uh, the, and actually, there is. It's objectively good because it's urban infill number one. Yeah. There is um, abstract angels in the architecture. With the wings that come out. Hey, we have, yeah, you know where you're going in and out of this building. Uh, by the way, that that usually are dismal and dehumanizing as the art they house in New York City. Think the Whitney in Washington. Think the Hirshhorn. Uh, more than other arts, architecture bears directly on our sense of well-being. If it is good, it can cheer us up, give us a sense of belonging, even motivate us. If it is bad, it grates on us, makes us feel small and worthless and isolated. The Calhoun School, which is in my upper, in my neighborhood of the Upper West Side of Manhattan, is a fine example of the latter. It is said to look like a TV. To me, it looks like Big Brother's surveilling eye. Whatever it looks like, it gives me the creeps. I feel I need to test my inner strength. I walk by it. Mostly, I take a detour. Most people probably would not suffer the inconvenience small as it is but i am quite sure they like me are unsettled by this building which doubtless was the architect's intent there came a time when the calhoun school needed to expand one of the architects who was bidding on the commission asked the school's headmaster what sort of statement the school would like to make with the addition the headmaster responded quote we made our statement and now wish to retract it end quote would there be were would there would there were so many such retractors. Modern architecture is mon monotonous and sexless. <laughs> Non-binary, if you prefer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it goes on to great length to eschew decoration. Like a meal taken intravenously, wow. it provides the necessary nutrients, functional interiors, but none of the convivality and sensual pleasure of a good meal. Okay. we. I, I love that we're reading through it. We're getting through it all. I got to throw it's you a question. It's almost done, I swear. I got to throw you a question in this. Uh, one of the best pieces of architecture that you would agree with in Denver is Clifford Still. Mm -hmm. Woke nonsense? Well, okay, but 
can so here's the difference. Okay. Clifford Still, the Clifford Still Museum. Okay. It ha so it, I can argue there's a sex. Like I will I will argue there's a gender to it. It is a masculine form. It's yeah. very it's not curvy. It is boxy. It is it is all of that way. But it's contextual. It has it has it, it's contextual. It's there's texture to it, literally. Yeah. Just like your nice beard there, Al. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So like if they and I pointed this out to my students, like, imagine if they didn't board form the concrete. Yeah. Like you, or put you, those you, wood slats. Yes, and and the, and the wood accents, right? And then just the smell, like it has a smell to it. It has this like amazing smell to it. By mm. the way, do you know the Clifford Still uh, collection was supposed to go to North Dakota at one point? N North Gen Dakota's Jennifer Brandel, so one of my colleagues up at North Dakota State, she told me this, and she said, uh, she was she 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 said Clifford Still. She goes, I don't know if you know this, but Clifford Still is my favorite art, uh, artist of all time. And I go, he's probably top three for me too. Is he from North Dakota? Why not? Oh, yeah. And um, the other thing. What do you I, think of what I said though about the museum? Thank you. The other thing that that v very much helps. Um, it's set back from one of the roads, and a park is put in in front of it, and that helps um, because you enter walking through the park. The side of it, which I think is still beautiful. Is, is kind of, um, they have some nuance and all that, but you could argue that that's oppressive, a little bit of oppressive. This side especially? Yep. This is the, 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 what I've got pulled up on the screen is the east side. Yep, and then go back a shot. So uh, the east side. Well, uh, just, no, no. just hang on. Let me get let me get through them because um, now I'm on Arc Daily's website, which we should have a good gallery. So but I'm going to keep going. And then this this allows you to enter and well, all and that. This, like here, what I'm showing on the screen now is... <clears throat> Oh, why did it do that? Is um, you like you know where to enter the building? Yep, yep, is all. But I do want to show the park side. Yep, and not that one. If you just go back, all on right, your I'll arrow, go back. I'll do what you want, and then click on Clifford Still Museum. One sec. Okay, now I'm there. Yep, I was going to images. Give me one second. Didn't even, I didn't even spell it right. Which one? That one? Oh, okay, here. Yep, Alice. Okay, we're up there. So that just <coughs> contrasts the <laughs> building. And that's how you walk through, as you walk through with, with this green. And what's crazy, too, is that the museum does something that most buildings don't do. It's, it is very repressive, and it's very um, heavy over you. And then you immediately walk up, and the whole ceiling yeah. is, a, is glass. So it does something experiment, experience, essentially experientially to you that other things don't so like it it's one of the most successful woke buildings <laughs> that was actually a perfect way to yeah segue back to the article <coughs> there's something else distinctive about architecture we lay people al gore are not allowed to have an opinion about it what the general public thinks is irrelevant movies and television are different in these cases we are entitled to criticize as we are with any commercial product, producers try to make things we like. Otherwise, we won't buy them, and they go broke. There are professional movie critics, supposed experts, but that's but it's not they so much. But it's not they so much as our friends, fellow citizens, who tell us what is worth watching. Today, in some areas of American life, people are standing up for themselves and rejecting rule by experts. For example, K through twelve education. But in the case of architecture, we all perfectly, we all sit perfectly still and take on the chin there are a few dissenters but they like all critics of the woke regime are shamed and censored for the most part 
We no longer have architecture critics in our newspapers, which is another way of telling us that we need not concern ourselves with something that is manifestly doesn't concern does concern us. Don't worry, your pretty little head about it. We are told just leave it to the Anthony's, leave it to the Anthony <laughs> Fauci's of the architecture world. Whoa, I never thought yeah. I'd see that in the same sentence. Yeah, not you're gonna political. say something. Yeah, and it reminds me of when the Rotten Tomatoes gives a movie the the experts, the critics give it like a five, and the audience is like, "This is a ninety-five. This is the best movie ever." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Here's the problem. So, like, uh, this got posted in the architect community. In the first, it was so funny. It's like people on both sides get accused of being closed-minded and not seeing the or hearing the other side. And it's usually the people who are, like, accusing the people of do that who are the most closed-minded, in my opinion. Like, I feel like there's a, a lot of society that uses projection, and it's horrible. It's then. First comment that got posted in after this article got posted, because that's where I found it at, was a guy was like, <clears throat> he read, he was like, uh, he's like, I read, I read, this guy doesn't trust the experts. I'm not going to read the article any further. It's like, well, what even makes an expert, right? A lot of it, it comes down to, yes, there's credentials, right? So like, okay, I went to school for X amount of time. Now I'm, be and then I, then I went and practiced whatever, whatever my profession is for X amount of time. But it's like you and I say, okay, does that make him an expert? There's two problems with it, these experts every time. And I consider myself an expert, okay, in, in certain categories. I think there's two problems with it. The first problem with the expert part of it is, <clears throat> what if they were taught wrong? What if they've been doing it wrong for their whole lives or mostly yeah. wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Are they actually an expert or are they just like a person with a title who's doing it wrong, right? I mean, this is truly something that could be, that, that, that's debatable, right? Yep. And then the second one is, just like Anthony Fauci, like, or, or, or these movie critics. That's a better one. Or the movie critics. A lot of times the movie critics are just siloed in their little silo, on their ivory tower, completely out of touch with the layman, the average yep. person. And therefore, who cares about your opinion? Or, or how right, or, you know, your expertise on the, on the matter. Like, if you're completely out of touch with reality. Yeah. Are you an expert? I, I have another one too. Uh, misapplied expertise. Meaning, actually, I'll, I'll go to my second one. Okay. They're using the wrong judgment criteria. That's what I'll say. Okay. So imagine, let's go to the health. Okay. Imagine that you are a, a, a prominent doctor, right? So you're an expert in surgery or, or um, whatever it is. Feet. Heart, feet doesn't even matter. Maybe you're the best uh, general doctor there, there is, right? And you get paid, because you're an expert, to now be the spokesman for a weight loss pill. They are an expert. You should listen to them. Someone who's not an expert, I don't know, David Goggins, just a guy running around, literally. That's this, what is, he this is a great, yes. And he's like, oh, maybe like run, maybe don't eat bad foods, maybe eat healthy foods, and then maybe run some more, right? So... Look at the misapplied like, oh, just take a pill. And that pill actually might work. It might reduce your appetite, stuff like that. But like, is your system getting healthier? Yeah. Is your system getting healthier? And then here's the other thing. So let's go to the uh, the movie people. Criteria. Okay. Yeah. Is this movie entertaining, funny, um, and awesome? Uh, okay. The, the audience might say yes. But does it have the wrong actor in it? Oh, critics say 
nope, this isn't of the political agenda. Yep. That's not what I was judging it about. I, I just thought it was hilarious and awesome. Yeah. You're doing you're putting this these other filters on that don't apply. But you've watched a bunch of movies, you read it for paper uh, written for papers. Your criteria is different. Yes. So that's where yeah. it, it, it might not be applicable. Last part of the article. Where did we get such horrid architecture? The same place we get most of what is horrid in modern life, academia. Poll after poll reveals that uh, the American public overwhelmingly prefers classical architecture over modern, but this falls in the deaf ears of the woke elite. Or perhaps they do not, they do here, but choose to punish us. The more the public objects to modern architecture, the more elites celebrate and encourage it. The woke elite make us say modern architecture is beautiful, or at least force us to hold our tongue while our own eyes tell us it is verifiably ugly, like total, total titarian. Regimes everywhere, the woke regime is training us to accept its version of reality, which includes the denial that there is an abiding standard of beauty. This is criminal. In some good news, President Trump, commonsensical, independent, and generally unimpressed by experts, issued an executive order near the end of his term that encouraged federal buildings be constructed of a, in a classical style. Naturally, modernists rose up in a righteous indignation, calling classical architecture racist and white supremacist. Surprise, surprise, the architecture lobby published an absurd open letter that sounds like a parody of wokeism, but sadly is deadly serious. Quote, neoclassicism in the United States, U.S. is directly related to the construction of whiteness. It was whiteness that sought after in the many plantation houses that choose. Are you following the link so you can tell me where it's from? That chose the style, justifying it as an emulation of ancient Greek culture to separate themselves from the indigenous peoples whose land was stolen and the enslaved African people forced to build and work in them. The Trump administration's chosen style glorifies an imperialist, colonialist, and white supremacist paths, past. Where's the article from? It's literally called the Architecture Lobby. So I think they just hijacked that name and, and think that they're talking uh, for everyone. For everybody. But this relates back to what you were talking about yeah. before. The law of polarity. Perfect. So <clears throat> I can actually consider like... I know why Trump did that. It makes sense why Trump did that. But he's actually just swinging the pendulum yep. to the other way, where that's not the answer. Because I could see Clifford Still style buildings. Like, oh, that's a federal building? Oh, I would love it. Obviously, like the classical ones, the old Penn Station that you saw and saw, uh, are, are good examples. But I, I think that's the big lesson that, that I would give to the readers is that if you swing so far to the left... Don't be surprised that there's a backslash that swings so far to the right. Now, does that mean that that's correct? No, but that's how like the pendulum, like that's the only way the pendulum can go. Because if it swings so far to the left and you only pull back to the center, then all of a sudden like, oh, it just stays. And the literal equations of physics is like, okay, now the pendulum is just swinging on that side, mm -hmm. right? So there's the law of polar polarity coming into existence here with architecture uh, because banal, sexless, oppressive buildings were made and championed by experts who are applying a different set of criteria than the public. And with that, let's bring the staff down for a little A.R.E. Jeopardy. Question number one. Which of the following building materials is primarily composed of hydrate calcium sulfate? Is it A, concrete, B, steel, C, brick, D, gypsum board? 
hydrated calcium sulfate. C, 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 incorrect, D, gypsum. Uh, question two, which architectural style is characterized by its emphasis on an open floor plan, integration with nature, and use of natural materials like wood and stone? Is it A, Gothic, B, Art Deco, C, Modernism, D, Craftsman? We have Craftsman, Modernism, Craftsman, Craftsman. Yep, and natural, because you got to combine them all. Uh, craftsman can have open floor plan. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What's your name? The, the house that's in our portfolio, literally. I forget what it's called. Colorado Craftsman. That's what we call it. There you go. <laughs> I, I Right? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or, we, uh, my turn? Yep. Number three, which two insurance policies will cover an architecture firm's losses, including revenue and production time? Is it A, so which two insurance policies will cover an architecture firm's losses, including revenue and production time? Is it A, workers' compensation insurance? B, commercial property insurance? C, business income insurance? D, professional liability insurance? E, general liability insurance? F, employee Health insurance. Yes. Will it cover an architecture firm's losses? Uh, I'm going to read them all again. A, workers' compensation insurance. B, commercial property insurance. C, business income insurance. D, professional liability insurance. E, general liability insurance. F, employee health insurance. Correct answer is B and C, commercial property insurance, and C, business income insurance. Do you know why? This is not a next question. Just curious if you guys know this. Why do you think commercial property insurance would cover that? Thank you, Al. Because if your building burns down Thank and you. you can't do things, you got it. Number four, a managing principal wants to decrease the utilization of senior design associates in favor of assigning them a greater share of business development. The managing principal is now determining the tasks that should be required of senior design associates in order to align with this, this redirection of their efforts. Which of the following should senior design associates be required to attend? Is it A, staff meetings, B, executive... So there's, by the way, which of the... Which of the following, which three of the following should senior design students, uh, design associates be required to attend? A, staff meetings. B, executive meetings. C, consultant sessions. D, coordination <laughs> sessions. E, redline work sessions. F, project design meetings. So, wow. again, a managing principal wants to decrease the utilization of senior design associates in favor of assigning them a greater share of business development. The managing principal is now determining that the task should be required of senior design associates in order to align with this redirection of their efforts. Which of the following should the senior design associates be required to attend? Three. Which 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 three of the following? A, staff meetings. B, executive meetings. C, consultant sessions. D, coordination sessions. E, redline work sessions. And, and F, project design meetings. Can you read the whole thing one more time? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this is not chat GPT. This was ah. literally from... Um, and carb adjacent stuff. Dang, you were close, Ross. You were really close. 
No. Uh, I wish. Because you did ABD. <laughs> you said three, but it, it... Oh, wait. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, Lance. You, you see yep, it. Yep, you yep, see yep. it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. ABF. Yes! What did you do? ABF. Awesome. Okay. I'm okay with the hint because I wanted somebody to get that right. Okay, read what A is. A is staff meetings. B, executive meetings. And F, F project design meetings. Makes sense to me, actually. And then consultant sessions, I understand why not. Coordination sessions is a maybe. Red line work sessions, red line's like, yeah, that's not management. Okay, who won? <laughs> oh, we have a tiebreaker. Ooh. Ready? Yep. So so here's, here's the way a tiebreaker works. You just, whoever writes down the answer quickest or raises their hand, what are we doing? Or if you say it. Or just say it. You but then but then if you don't get it right, the other person gets a turn before you can say it. Again. Yes. You can't just go blah, blah, blah. An interior bearing wall inside a type 2A building is required to have a fire resistance rating of not less than how many hours? Correct. How did you not know that, Jake? <laughs> how did you not know that? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Looks like you're working tomorrow. We're resting <laughs> on to Christmas. Uh, fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. If you like this episode, uh, if you're listening to this episode leave it on, on YouTube, leave us a five-star review. Subscribe. All the good stuff. This will be the last time you'll hear uh, our voices on this show for 2023. We'll see you in 2024.